another episode of ARG Presents. I'm your good buddy, your good pal, Amigo Aaron. Joined by a man whom, after doing some studying for today's show, may also be some sort of game console. I give you the Brent. No, man. I'm excited about this one, Aaron. This is a weird one. Yeah. This is a weird one. This has all all the hallmarks of a failed console. Yeah. I mean, it's just hit after hit after hit. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, we we had to get away from the apricot uh, last week because the emulation just wasn't there, and so <laughs> well, we banged off. Lo and behold, <laughs> we jumped out of the frying pan and into the bear trap as we what? looked at this week's game. It's bam! It's the new one. Who cooks over a bear trap? Hey, listen, the people at New One did. That's who. <laughs> We're going to be looking at one of the more obscure, unknown, wacky ideas. Uh, that uh, yeah. uh, that I've ever heard of, Brent. Before we get started and dug in, what do you know, or what did you know about the new one? <laughs> oh, Zippo! L L L yeah. Zippo. Did not know this existed. I knew of the new one, but I did not know what the new one was. I'd heard its name whispered on in, in the realm of retro game collecting. Although I would say I doubt it's a huge. Uh, uh, Collectible, which we'll get into. I mean, I, I guess you can complete the set pretty easy. Let's get into it. Let's just not screw around here. Let's get right into it, Brent. So, we're looking at oh. the new one here. Now, the new one is an odd, odd uh, machine. Okay, so... Machine. Yeah. Released in uh, July of 2000. Uh, your your mileage yeah. will vary on that. Yeah. Uh, and and it was developed by an outfit called VM Lab. So let's get into a little bit of backstory about this wacky contraption. So Nuon was teased uh, a few times, uh, a few years before it was released, <clears throat> as an item that was codenamed Project X. Uh, it was in EGM. I vaguely remember reading something about this in one in one of your EGMs back in the day. And a lot of the guys that worked for VM Labs, except almost the majority of the people that uh, that ran VM Labs, were ex-Atari uh, hardware people that were fresh off of the JAG, the, JAG, yes. the Atari Jaguar. And so, the the, the way the narrative is, is taught, uh, the people at, at, at Atari that left were like, listen, we can make a console, we have the jack, but Atari dropped the ball, and we're going to pick the ball up, we're going to run with the ball. Yeah, this was a <clears> very <throat> classic... Uh, we can do that better. <laughs> right, right. And so, because they didn't like the way the Jaguar went down, let's, I, I think we could all agree that the Jag was a disaster of a console. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, It depends I, on what you well, compare it yeah, to. Yeah, that's a good point. You got a valid point there. Uh, amongst the people uh, that were uh, that were behind VM Labs was the, the ever-popular, out-of-his-mind nut job, Jeff Minter, uh, who is as brilliant as he is crazy. And so Jeff Minter was also in, down in uh, in the trenches on this thing, and so the, they took a different approach. <clears throat> Anytime you hear me say that, not good. Yeah, well, they, they took a similar approach to another uh, console yeah. that also failed. Well, it's funny. <laughs> I, uh, I was watching Adam Kerlick. Uh, I love that guy's stuff, and he 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 tried to explain how what this thing was and the way he described it. This is app. He says, "What would happen if you took a 3DO?" The PlayStation 2, the CDI, and, and kind of crushed them into one weird pack. And what you would get here would be the new one. So 
What they did was, and the funny thing is, in the lead up to, to the new one, they Project X, they would show a console with a CD or a DVD player or something. It looked like a proper console. So people were like, oh, Project X. And I saw stuff like the Mario Killer at the head of these articles. You know, the usual crap. Just like the robots that rise, the robots are going to be smarter than the Street yeah. Fighter guys. It's very similar to that yeah. kind of dumbness. And so, uh, but what, that didn't happen. There is no new one console per se. Right. Okay. What they did was they pulled a, they pulled a 3DO and they licensed the new one technology out to DVD manufacturers. Okay. So, for example, uh, in in, a, in North America. The new one was in the Samsung DVD-N501 and a bunch of other models of that type. In Europe, uh, and, uh, to, they had other uh, models of that type, Samsung. Toshiba did some. There are two RCA models of this as well. Although, apparently, the RCA models, if you can, this is sort of funny. From what I read when researching this, the RCA models, while they have the new one labeling and can do some of the new one stuff, they can't play games. Yeah. Well, there's a reason for that. So, there you go. You, you know why that is, right? Well, they probably don't have joystick ports. Well, but they, they weren't on to the Nuon for the, for the game technology. Nuon also brought something else to the DVD players. Yes. And uh, this is back, way, way back, when to run a DVD machine, you put your DVD in, you hit play, that was it. Yeah. Uh, but the Nuon added menus yeah. to special uh, DVD movies where you could select chapters or you could have special features like zoom in onto a onto a still shot. Yeah. And uh, that was going to be that was one of the big selling points to the non-gaming side and the new on technology. Uh, unfortunately, total movies that would that could hold it four. Yeah, I got four. A, I got a list right here. <clears throat> yeah, what are they? In case you're interested, they're all 20th Century Fox, another brilliant move by them. Uh, <clears throat> you've got the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Wacky film, by the way. Uh, Bedazzled. I believe that's got Elizabeth Hurley in it. Because I, I saw one of the features that the new one has. It's like all the scenes where she's hot. <clears throat> listed together. Dr. Doolittle 2. Yep. And Planet of the Apes, the weird, not that good 2001 remake uh, from Tim Burton, which I, I didn't like that much. Listen, don't screw with Planet of the Apes. I think that Rod was Rod was involved in that. Anyway, so... It had DVD menus, and that was that was a big thing. That was a big way to get these uh, manufacturers on board. It it, it flopped. It yeah. flopped harder than the console part. Hey. Yeah. So the funny thing, let's spell it out. The new one, the new one was a chipset placed in a DVD player. That's what that was. That's what it ended up being. Yeah. It, had, it was a gaming chipset and a couple controller ports inside a DVD. Okay, and so. If you, on the surface, this is not the worst idea, uh, and I, w with a but, okay? <clears throat> this was when people were buying DVD players, okay? If yeah. you could sell them... This was a DVD boom. Right. If you could say, listen, you could go buy a DVD player, or you could get this DVD player that not only has special DVD technology, but can also play games for the kids, and it's not that much more, you yeah. know? What a deal, right? The problem is, no, no one knew what the heck this was. You know, we had like for, I mean, when you DVD players first came out, games are on them. There's Dragon Slayer and Space Age. Well, and stuff later down the line, yeah. But I mean, they were. It wasn't that long before you could play games, but they were. They were like 
movie games. They yeah. were like proper games, right? Uh, and so the new one was trying to actually have proper games. That was a stick. Well, stick failed. And and the main reason is no one knew anything about this because they were they didn't market it for anything really. I mean, they didn't get any. I looked for re- magazine reviews and stuff. EGM wouldn't touch this thing with a ten foot clown pole after yeah. that at Project X thing fell through. And what are you going to do in your magazine review the game and put it and you know oh this plays on this DVD player but not this one and that one but not this one. A total yeah. of eight games are released. <clears throat> I'm going to go over the list. Bro. Well, before you do oh, that, I want to go over why. The, it, it's not that they just didn't push this as the reason why it failed. They committed the number one cardinal sin. They did not have a standard package for this thing. Because you had uh, Nuon controllers. Some of them had two analog sticks. And looked like a Nintendo 64 controller. I saw, yeah. Some of them had pads with no analog sticks. Some had shoulder buttons. Some didn't. Some only had two buttons. Some had four buttons or six buttons. All the controllers are different. That means there are some nuance systems out there that can't play a game because it doesn't have the right controller. And this was also region locked. Yeah. So there are oh, games, yeah. there is a game out there that you have to have a Korean nuance yep. with the proper controller to play it. Yeah. It you can't do that. It was it was mad. It, it is often said whatever a control whatever a, a console packs with, whatever it ships with, controller, gun, you know, whatever it is, that's what people program to because that's what the majority of the market's going to have. Which means if you program for the majority, you've got the most chance of making money, right? So they took that concept and said, screw you, do whatever you want, we're just in this to sell games. Because that was their that was their shtick, that was their selling point. They wanted other people to make the hardware, to push the hardware, which no one did, and then they could go in and make the software but the hardware manufacturers weren't making any money off the software. Yeah. Zero. So they got no cut. They took all the risk. And then uh, the Nuon people were just going to sit in the background and make games. And Aaron, how many games did they make? Well, they got eight games. Eight. <laughs> Allow me to go over the list here. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, go over all the games that were commercially released. Okay? Yes. Of course, Tempest 3000, <clears throat> which by the way... The only standout hit. It's the only game you can the only, I think it's the only place you can play 3,000. It is. 4,000. <clears throat> Freefall 3050 AD. Merlin Racing, which uh, I actually got a sequel uh, for the places called Miracle Space Race. If you ever heard it, Merlin Racing is sort of a. Uh, they had a Mario game, Kart. They type. had a game on the on the uh, Jag that was like the sort of the predecessor to this. It was like a ripoff of Mario Kart. Uh, Space Invaders XL. Iron Soldier 3, if you can believe that, and it looks good. The problem is, and this is the legend, I, and I've read it in a bunch of places, <clears throat> they recalled it because it couldn't, it wouldn't work on some of the new ones, and they never issued a fix. So that game is extremely rare. A Ballistic, which is one of those games you play uh, uh, all the time on your phone or wherever you shoot, where there's a circle of balls, and yeah. you shoot the ball, one of the balls out. The next, Tetris. That one would only work on Toshiba players. And then the real rare one, Crayon Shinchan 3, only worked in Korea. Yep, that was a region lock game. Now, Unbelievable. Here's something I thought was interesting, and this is how it ties into what Brendan up doing. 
the during the uh, throughout 2001, VM Labs released the SDK so people could do homebrew games with the new one. So there's actually I'm not going to go with a high, a vibrant new one homebrew scene, but there was a, a homebrew scene for the new for the new one. That's because they were like, yeah, we're taking a bath here. The problem is if you burn some games, that they would only work on on some a few Samsung machines and a few RCA machines. That's the only things they would work on because uh, they weren't, uh, you know, they could other DVD parts couldn't read the CDs. Uh, so that was a problem. So you can see all these problems upon problems, and this thing died to death. It's funny. Yeah. I, was, I watched a bunch of videos as much as I could to research this, and then did a lot of reading. And the majority of the people, a lot of people that own these things, just were at a Goodwill or whatever, and we're just looking. And if you look real close, written on them, on these, you'll see the new one tag. And usually, because the joysticks are under like a little secret door. Yeah. You have to push it like a spring-loaded door. So you would you could own one of these for years and never ever ever know that you had a new one enabled machine. And it would just otherwise it would just work like a normal DVD player. By the way, you meant the the ports, not the actual controllers. Yeah, the port controller yeah. ports. Uh, yeah, exactly. So it's a uh, it's an oddball thing. I you know I couldn't confirm that even joysticks were sent out with this because I saw a bunch of blister packs with joysticks in it. So I don't know if you got a joystick with this when you bought it. I would suspect you probably did not. So if you want the truth, I'd wait that you had to buy that as a separate add-on when you bought the machine or when you I, picked one up later. But no, I, 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 I doubt so because in the, in the well, I don't know. I don't know. But the way this thing was ran? <laughs> yeah, it's possible. So, yeah. The new one, and the thing is, so let's, let's step back for a moment here. We've killed this machine. Uh, this this was uh, no. This machine killed itself. Well, this game. When you look at the, we should let, well. Let me get the emulation, and I'll get into my final. Thought All right. So the emulation on this, the fellow that was doing the emulation, unfortunately passed away. Yeah. And no one else really picked up the mantle no. until very recently. They've started to work on it again. The emulation for this is not there. Okay. You can get some things to sort of run. Yeah. Okay. I played every commercial game. All right, I'm gonna go through. Well, these. you ran every commercial. <gasps> game. I attempted to run <laughs> yeah. every commercial game. Uh, I could not get Tiva Two uh, Three Thousand to go past where the game would start. Correct. It would load up the menus and stuff. Free Fall wouldn't run. Merlin Racing, you get to the point where the race starts and dies. Uh, Iron Soldier Three couldn't wouldn't even start. Ballistic, I couldn't even get the. I couldn't get it so I could mount. Uh, the next Tetris, that's what I did not get hold of, or a crayon chin. So you may be you have to have the Korean bios. Yeah. So, I, so basically, I played the only game that you could sort of <laughs> completely play, and Brent went with a, in a whole different direction because we, we had no yeah, choice. Because the choices were limited. <laughs> so there's that. Now, with all that said, my final thought on this is, this is not the worst idea. Yes, it, it is. No, no. Having, having uh, if you think back, it's 2000. You're selling DVD players. You're looking for an angle. Having one that has a built-in chip that's... I mean, this thing can play some decent-looking stuff. It's not like it's garbage. I mean, there's some good-looking stuff in here. You know, I mean, it, this is... I would. This looks a lot better than Jag. It, this, uh, well, also, you know how they marketed this. The, the little bit of marketing that they did, right? Someone marketed this? Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got your, you've got your Nintendo. That's 8-bit, right? Yeah. Garbage. Yeah. 16-bit Super Nintendo... Not anything. Sega's 32X, 
trash. Yeah, Nintendo guess. 64, uh-uh, we ain't doing that. Neuron 128-bit. Yeah, yeah. well, they marketed this as the first 128-bit system. The video, <laughs> the, the, the articles I read, they, they, when they were talking about Project X, they didn't want to assign numbers to it because they got burned at Atari. And they said that. Like, listen, we took a bath on that. But I mean, you can find advertisement. It's like the 128-bit system. I guess what I'm saying is this thing was a could have been a capable gaming machine of its era. And, right now, all right. you've got to consider it was going up against the PlayStation, PlayStation yeah. Now, so another mistake they made is they released this thing to get the jump on the PlayStation, much like Dreamcast did, to get the jump on the PlayStation 2. They released this thing before the PlayStation 2, okay? Uh, in fact, Curlick mentioned that they released this in the summer, which is a real bad time to release consoles, but they wanted to get it out ahead of them. But again, if you release a console and you don't tell anyone, does anyone know about the answers? No, is the answer now. This got no press. Zero. And so, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Paul Paul mentions he was hoping Tim was a workforce. Well, it does. It does. I was hoping that too, Paul. Uh, so I guess we just go ahead and get into it, uh, Brent, what we ended up picking. So uh, we had a couple choices, and I mean literally a couple. <laughs> now, I, now, you played some other homebrew stuff, right? I very little. Yeah, I actually. By this time, I was tired. So tired. I, I tired. played a couple puzzle games. Yeah. Um, that were, I mean, they looked they looked sub uh, PlayStation, but the concepts were, I mean, puzzly. They're puzzle games. You, it's one of those move on a grid, but sometimes the grid's slippery, or when the when you go over the grid, like the pieces fall. Yeah. Uh, I played a breakout game uh, that was just just the worst. Um, and then I end up. Are we doing me first? No, I'm actually leading the day. But you can that go makes first. No sense. Since, since you since you build yours, let's just get right into you. Yeah, yeah, tell yeah. Tell the people what you're up to. I ended up going with the Kane Orbit. The Kane Orbit. Yes, and this is uh, brought to us a homebrew brought to us by the Dragon Shadow Industries. That's right. Now, Aaron, the cool most name. the the uh, most interesting part of this game is Dragon Shadow Industries. So, we're going to talk about them for just a second. Uh, <clears throat> Dragon Shadow Industries is Scott Cottier and David DeWitt. And they are your typical basement uh, manufacturing crew. They said, you know what? Bedroom coders. That's it. And we're going to... Uh, we're going to go. Manufacturing crew. What? Oh, that's, 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 that's what we got in the states. We don't have better coders. We've got basement <laughs> manufacturing crew. Go on. It kind of sounds druggy, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> it um, but these were folks. I mean, they they came from no good backgrounds. They came from uh, 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 Nvidia. Uh, they worked in Nvidia, and they had actually worked on the Nuon a little bit. Yeah. So they had some insider knowledge. They said, you know what? We're going to go and and take a shot at this. We're going to start making our own games. And they toyed around with a lot of games. Uh, n- nothing made it to completion, really, including Decaying Orbit. But Decaying Orbit got to the most playable state. Um, That's all we're looking for. That's, that's, <laughs> all, we could, that's all we could give you. Uh, yeah. They, they also uh, released uh, the Yorzy Classics, yeah. which... I could not get to run, but it was part of the package uh, that you gave me. Um, they also re- released a game called Mega Gun, and this is all on the new one. Uh, and only no, I'm sorry, Mega Gun was actually for the C64. 
So they actually weren't just for the new one. They had some knowledge on outside things. But they wanted to code for this because, like I said, they had sort of the inside track. They were they were a part of the Nuon team before it went out into the public and died a horrible death. And they said, you know what? I think maybe we can do something with this. Yeah. Uh, they couldn't. And it's, un- <laughs> uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, Decayed Orbit is actually based on a PlayStation game uh, and, and it, very, very loosely based. Is the, is the PlayStation game a, uh, an actual released like title? Like, was it a, a commercial title that it was released on? Uh, I would assume so. They never actually go out and say that. Uh, it just said it was originally developed for the PlayStation. All right. Uh, so, may, probably not. You know, since, since it's worded like that, probably you know, not actually released. You had trouble researching this PD <laughs> game on the new one? Yeah, and the information sketchy? What? <laughs> Study. So, in Decaying Orbit... Uh, and I'm going to try to recant this story, Aaron, as recant. best I can. That's right. Recant means you're going to lie here and take it back to what you said. Well, trust me. I wish I could. Oh, man. Um, this is, you are part of a, uh, of a space colony of five different tribes, and resources are running thin. So you are trying to establish trade routes to these other planets to try to bolster, uh, uh, you know, the team, so to say. Uh, and think Lunar Lander, but you're in space, and you're not, like, flying into the atmosphere of these planets. You're literally a ship launching off a planet, and then you just land on another round orb that is a planet. Or something like... Uh, uh Star controls at like fighting area. It's where it, it felt yeah, like that. Okay, yeah, yeah, but but very spread out. Yeah, uh, just, much there, lamer. There was some scrolling. Yeah, that was but, surprising. But uh, not a ton of it when you're hopping from planet to planet. And there's other objectives, right? Sometimes you need to go to a bunch of communication beacons. And you have to fly over them before you go to the planet. Yeah. There are shoot them. <clears throat> no. I shot mine. No, the the communication beacons. You're not supposed to shoot. You're supposed to pass over I them. I shot and, them and, and collect them. And it gave me the money and the, the uh, Sometimes there are enemies, and you have to shoot your weapons and kill the enemies. Now those I flew over. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and uh, there are nebulas that you go through, and then they give you different effects. Yeah. Uh, some slow your ship down. Uh, you mess with your controls, that sort of stuff. This is a competent game. You're really struggling here. In this this sense of you can play this. This is is quite the description you're laying down here. Um, The graphics are passable, I guess. Would they, you say they're on par with most PlayStation 2 games? No, no. This it is like, like you could have put this on the Amiga that, easily. Yes, yeah. yes, that exactly. Possibly the C64. Um, this a very really it's sub Amiga graphics. Yeah. Uh, the controls are weird. You, I mean, it's just you Your have left star control. You have left left thruster and right thruster to rotate your ship, and you know you. You can hit both thrusters to slow down that sort of thing. Did you, by the way, I want to before I forget this. Did you ever crash into a planet? 
Well, yes, and you bounce. You bounce. Okay, because I never, I, I landed what I thought was kind of hard sometimes, but yeah. it always allowed me to live. No, I mean, no, I mean, going to the gold planet, you just run into it at full speed. Okay. But like the stuff in the, that's floating around in the middle, you can just it bounces off. You see me. By the way, the, you know, anytime that I generate the footage for this show, you know it's rare. So you're looking at it. This is footage of me playing this game. You know it's because I I never I try to get footage from anywhere else. But I have to do it myself at bad times. So this is me actually playing the game. Um. So the Kane orbit. What? He's starting over. I, it, <laughs> this is it, it's for the new on. This is probably one of the best games on the system. It's got a rep of being one of the best games. Okay? Yeah. For the new one, this is probably one of the best games. This is definitely the most involved game for the new one that I played. Yeah. Because you've got ship upgrades. You've got money. Allegedly. Uh, there are different controls. Yeah, we had a lot of problems with this game crashing. Yeah. Um, you would get three or four levels in. And the the whole system would just crash. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I tried and tried, and I'm sure you did as well. It was just something that I, I don't know if the emulator, because the emulator is from 2007. It's old. Yeah, they, it's recently right. been updated ish to the point where you can play, sort of play something. Yeah. But like there was a good while where nothing played nothing. I think if this, let's say, Aaron, if this game was released at a decent speed, because this plays kind of slow. Probably because of the emulation. Yeah. Probably because it's on the new on. Uh, but if this released on, say, I don't know, uh, the Amiga. The Amiga would be a perfect system for this. Uh, yeah. I, I could play this and enjoy it. You know, if it played well with all the with all the seeming upgrades and stuff that they have. I, think, <laughs> I don't mind the taste. That's what you remind me of. <laughs> Come on. I mean, I'm trying not to kill this. Listen, Please. I'm jumping in here. All right. So... Brent screwed around with that. The, the, here's a gimmick. You're a ship. You start on a planet. The planet you're going to has just like a, a targeting thing around it. And the goal of this thing is to go to that planet and touch it. That's the goal. It First, a couple rounds, that's all you do. You drive there. Well, Th- then they, they also add a- stuff in between. Yeah. Sometimes there's meteors and stuff. Sometimes there's a little uh, uh, nebula, like you said. Sometimes... Uh, aliens come out, you've got to shoot them. Sometimes you've got to shoot beacons, you get extra money. But it always ends up with you get to that planet. Uh, I got through four stages of this. Now, if you read the documentation on it, which is built into the game, which I appreciated, yeah, uh, it says at and some continuous. point you get you get to a store where you can upgrade. I'm pretty sure that's where the game crashes is when the store opens up because that's as far as I could get. All right. Uh, the the uh, the uh, thrusting on this is sort of asteroid style or star control style, where you are you know, or like you said, uh, a moon, moon lunar lander style, yeah. uh, where you thrust back and forth. But if you read the docs later on, you're moving uh, your energies around using the shoulder buttons, too much different stuff that we never got to that point. Uh, so with all that said, we I feel like we're sort of. I don't want to say we're under-servicing this game because it's never been serviced, ever. So just by the fact that we're talking about it means it's being over-serviced. Because this game, like I said, you can't find any footage of it at all. Uh, and what footage we've got is what I shot on this kind of crummy emulator. Yeah, and in fact, my my run-in with this... Uh, Here's where it crashed, by the way. Yeah. If you're my, watching the video. My, my emulation this looks a little bit better than yours. 
I don't okay. know why that is, but I it does. Because we use the same I stuff. saw that the uh, the author of this was talking about he had this had been to port this to the new one. He literally half the resolution, like everything cut in half. Because apparently at some point this ran on six forty by four eighty. He had to cut it, he cut it in half for this. Everything was cut in half uh, for for this release. Uh, something to note: Decaying Orbit was released as a demo disc uh, in the UK PlayStation Magazine as a pack-in. There you go. For, for so if you want to play a, a a full version of this, you know, it's funny because I looked up Decaying Orbit and didn't find any, so I don't know if there's any video of the PlayStation version or not. Might be worth looking up. Um, also, if you're a fan of long uh, scenes of text floating across the screen, this is the game for you. And this game's all about the floating text. There's tons of there it. There is a lot it of text. It makes Star Wars scroll at the beginning look like uh, you're reading something about a fortune cookie. I mean, this thing goes on and on. This is your typical homebrew guy where they're like, they're super passionate about the project. They got a lot to say, you know. Yeah. Um, if you are interested in take, checking out Decaying Orbit, you can visit their website at dragonshadow.com. Uh, unfortunately, it looks kind of abandoned. Uh, the last update was November of 2011. Uh, so I, I really, I wish these guys the best. I, I, I hate, I hate that I didn't enjoy this more because this is exactly the kind of passion project I love to support. And I love to get out there. Uh, I, I will actually be looking up the PlayStation version of this. I, I bet that it is fun. I really do. You may be stunned, uh, Brent, to learn that. Uh, not only are there no reviews of this game, but there's no reviews of the Discord people. No one, I don't blame you. Because I just figured out how to run these games. was uh, It's a tough sell. If you weren't one of the ARG staff, you probably haven't done this too often where you had to go through this much trouble to get something to run. I will say all the images and the homebrews are out there. It's just a matter of you getting them to work. Yeah. So uh, I think you did the best as you could there, uh, the brand on Decaying Orbit. I, this game has some potential. Uh, and you can see by reading all the docs, like I said, where you can, it was very involved. You can change yeah. all the systems, energies, and stuff. There's probably more to it. And hopefully, now that this emulator has been picked back up, uh, we'll get a little more action uh, on that game. Agreed. So that right there, there you go. Now, how do I follow that up? Uh, you can't. That's why you should have been the main event right there. Well, yours was a commercially released game. Yeah, so, you know... I watched, uh, we're coming off of the taping of Amigos uh, with Boat and the Brent. And one of the things I noticed as I laid there in a stupor, just getting back from vacation, was the fact that they were bad-mouthing Space Invaders nonstop. Talk about how unfun it was, what a dud game that they hated. Never go back and play that dud, they said. And I thought to myself, you scumbags. And so before I even knew that this was the only commercial game I could get to run... <laughs> I'd already picked it because, by God, I'm going to put some respect on Space Invaders' name. I picked Space Invaders XL. Space Invaders XL for the big guys. That's the way I like uh, to do it. All right. Space Invaders, <laughs> the, the brand. So uh, we've all played Space Invaders, I'm yeah. sure, by now. Yeah. Yeah. But if, you, yeah. uh, if you're living under a rock, this thing crept into Japan. Space Invaders uh, landed in Japan in, in the 70s, took over the country. And it was a phenomenon, something like a phenomenon, that, if I may say. That, that, that. <laughs> and uh, was released uh, to great praise all over the world after it started in Japan. Uh, and, of course, you've heard all the uh, 
sad baloney about how they had a yen shorted coin shortage, which I always heard it was a falsehood. Yeah. But, you know, there's no falsehood in saying that Space Invaders big was a national phenomenon in Japan. Pretty big deal over here in the States as well. And also, uh, really kicked off modern video games with a bang. I mean, really, this was one of the ones that really, this was the big, I'd say this is the first big blockbuster of gaming would have been. I mean, if you don't it's count up Pong, there. it's up there. You know, so, yeah. Space Invaders. So, uh, this is a game that's held in high regard all over, but especially in Japan. And so, you get a lot of releases and packages uh, uh, in Japan with historical uh, uh, Space Invaders games, that sort of thing. And that's what you're looking at here uh, with Space Invaders XL. Uh, Space Invaders was. Uh, Published on the uh, Nuon by VM Labs, so they ended up publishing, I think, every single game. Yeah. Uh, and developed by Matahari Studios uh, Limited and in conjunction with Taito, uh, I looked up Matahari uh, just for fun. So get this, uh, Brent. Matahari, a studio founded in 99, Australian game development uh, crew. They had studios in Jakarta, Indonesia, and Manila, in the Philippines. Uh, and they were the ones that worked on this. Uh, they uh, uh, they worked for a lot of other companies back in the day, Codemasters, EA, Sony, and Take-Two. So this, it's not like these guys just fell off the turnip truck. They'd done some solid work. Uh, they uh, were sold to Kuji Entertainment in October of 2008, and that was uh, the end of them. And then Kuji, or Kuji, I should say, shut down in 2010, so that was into them right yeah, there. That's the way it happened. And so the last studio in Jakarta, uh, which is, you don't think of Jakarta as a big place for gaming. I think that's interesting. But uh, on February 4th, uh, 2010, Jakarta Studio shut down, and that was the end of Matahari uh, Studios. So if you look at if you look at Space Invaders on the new one, yes, what you've got here is a it's a love letter to what Space Invaders was. Oh, okay, right. that's what we're calling it. No, huh? that, listen, All right. it, it's exactly what it is. Uh, space. This thing gives you a lot of options uh-huh. to play different games of Space Invaders. I can see you're going to be combative. I don't know why. I don't know why you're being combative against Space Invaders. Uh, this thing gives you a lot of options. And this is one of the first home space to give you options. And I saw this pointed out by a couple people, and they're right. This gives you options that previously were only available in like the 2600's outstanding version of Space Invaders. Right. If you played the Atari 2600 version of Space Invaders, uh, you got the option to do stuff like have their shots come diagonally or squi- like come down in weird squigglies. Yeah. They also you could turn off the uh, Space Invaders. You make it visible. You could also have which your, that's the dumbest thing ever. No, it, it no, it's not. It's fun. No, it's dumb. Uh, also, you could also have uh, you could increase the speed. You could also have the uh, the shields, the bunkers move, which is neat. Because again, that's another aspect. Listen, I thought at the time the twenty six hundred space invaders was the definitive space invaders, and it was the definitive one for a long time because of the hundreds of options. Yeah, you no, have I agree. For one and two player uh, games. So, you got to do something to spice it up. A lot of the other things you can do on here are you can change when you get extra life. You can change uh, the maximum score, which is to make it in line with the arcade, because you can hit a maximum in the arcade. You can turn that on and off. Uh, You can also pick uh, which level you want to try first, which is nice. So, if if one of these people gets bored, listen, you and Bo talk about how you sit there, it's kind of boring. 
play yeah. you could actually set this to start at level 10 make it a lot more exciting you know if you wanted to uh, this thing has several game modes uh, you've got your original Space Invaders mode, which gives you four the four classic machines. You can pick which one you want. The, the monochrome version. There's a version that had a color overlay, uh, uh, which is a colored film yeah. that's set over the screen. Then you had the, the, the big dog, which was the mirrored background version, which was the beautiful uh, blue and red cabinet. Absolutely. And with the... Uh, and mirrored background of like a planetoid underneath. Kind of the, the classic, if you and will. And that's your old magician's trick with that reflects the background up behind the, the image. Real cool. And then lastly, you can just have the the version of Space Warriors that was just in color. Yeah. They actually released a color version. I always thought that was kind of, well, I mean, I guess you had to do it. Uh, of course, Space Warriors, a game that had multiple cabinets. Uh, and uh, including some real striking ones of the of the aliens on the side are throwing the missiles. Yeah, down. throwing. Yeah, that was I own classic. a uh, uh, I own a Space Invaders cocktail that my son uses as his desk. It's been it's been in there forever. Me and Britt picked it up for a song back in the day. We yep. ripped all that because the Space Invaders stuff stopped working. So we took it. We ended up using it as a main cabinet for a long time. I'll do something with it, but all the Space Invaders stuff still there. Uh, and uh, I always thought that was kind of neat. And and I told Luke, you're gonna, you got to be the only kid on Earth. That's got an arcade machine for a desk, uh, and so so I do, and I, I enjoy that. I'll be honest with you. So it's, that's part of a conceit of mine. So aside from playing, and by the way, these I've played every version of this on the new one emulator. Not every version of this is playable. All right, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> the the mirror image one is playable. The overlay one is not. Uh, that one, uh, that's the one I couldn't get to work. Okay, I so, just went straight to the yeah. yeah. So I'm just, I'm just saying, you're not going to get them all to work. It's, it's been very okay. little time. There. You also have a battle mode. Battle mode is, it's like sort of a head-to-head. -head. There's basically two sets of space games on the screen where you, where you compete against another player or the computer, and you can. There, there are three difficulty levels. Uh, you can play best of, you can play uh, best of three or best of five. And you can also enable the combat option, which allows you to fire an inertia cannon shot at your opponent. So you can actually shoot, drop something on your opponent. This reminded me of sort of like those Tetris versus uh, things, where you basically, yeah. you, the, more, the better you do, the more you screw your opponent. I'll, this looked good. I played, I played this against the computer. I uh, did not get to play another human. But I thought, did you try the battle mode? Yeah, I mean, the way this works is... You have, imagine you have a half screen, right? Yeah. And uh, the invaders are coming down, and one of the invaders is a color. Yeah. And if you shoot that invader, it sends your a, a portion of your invaders to your opponent. Yeah. Which makes them, you know, makes them have the, the their stack pushed down. Um, and then if the spaceship comes out, the UFO at the top, if you shoot it, it swaps boards, which I—that's I, kind of dumb, but whatever. I, I thought it was a cool. I thought it was really cool. No, I, actually, I thought that was kind of a neat effect. But it's it's it, very Tetris. It's like I said, it took the, a Tetris approach to it with the compat. You know, the player versus player Tetris. Were, and they—I liked it. I, I, I thought it was a neat addition, frankly. If you want the truth, it was an addition. Yeah. And then lastly, you've got time attack mode. Uh, this is a basically an updated version of Space Invaders with Frogger uh, for some reason. Yeah, you have unlimited lives, but uh, uh, and you're playing to get the best time you can. That's that's, that's the gimmick on this. Yeah. Uh, this the gr updated graphics are 
disappointing. You know, I'm a big fan of some of the Space Invaders sequels. You know, especially the one on the Amiga. You know, the ones the Space Invaders of the Year, Space Invaders right. '90, whatever. I, those were much more like this came out well after those. Uh, and uh, this is the part. I like so far. I like every part of this, but this part here is the disappointing part because. When you're used to playing something like those Space Raiders 91 or whatever, the, like the, the one on the Amiga, the arcade had them, or the Space Raiders, they change it up, they make it different, they add boss battles and all that stuff. Right. This pales in well, comparison to Well, I mean, it does have different patterns. No, it's not near, but I mean, it's just not as good looking. Oh. Those have cool music and sound. There's no reason why a, a, a console of the, of the caliber of what we've seen on here, I know that sounds jokey, but I mean, it played like I, like a lot of good games. I mean, you just think it had capabilities. This is a low end. This part here was low end. I can understand wanting to keep the other parts of the game uh, uh, as close to the arcade as you can, because you know, that's what you're buying. Right. But this part here, where you're buying something new that's supposed to be uh, uh, jacked up and more fun, you expect something that takes it takes advantage of the system in some way, and this takes advantage of the system in no way. Yeah. Like, this part is lamer than what your game looked like by, by a long shot, and I don't really think it improved the look of the game that much, if I'm honest. Well, I mean, it just looked they, had like, they had, like, firework effects when you shot them. I like it. I guess that's... that. I didn't like that part of the game. So, that's the game. Uh, so, with all that said, what do I think of this? Well, I think if you're a nostalgic Space Invaders player... That this is a fun game to go back to, to play, to re-experience the various arcade games in the various ways you can, alright? Not everyone is nostalgic for that stuff, but certainly in Japan, this would would be would get over. And I can see where it would get over in other places, but let's face facts. Kato hooked up uh, with the uh, with uh, Matahari here to, to bang out a cheap, easy-to-produce game for this questionable console, and that's what they got. They didn't take any. Uh, they didn't stretch themselves on this. They didn't excel themselves, and they certainly didn't add anything that I would call uh, uh, viable or interesting to the Space Invaders uh, game series. What were your thoughts? So you're saying that you feel that this was a quick cash grab? I think this was a tepid step into an icy pool that they, <laughs> they weren't sure they were going to enjoy it. You know, and so they, I mean, don't get me wrong. If you want to play various versions of Space Invaders, this is 100% fine, okay? I had no problem with it. I played every version I could. It was fine. I thought the battle mode was fun. I was okay. It wasn't like they didn't reinvent the wheel, no. all right? But the the time attack mode blows. That was the, and, and, that, and so when I looked over all the options of this, I got excited, but that part let me down because I, one of the things I demand from a Space Invaders title from 2001, mind you, I want action tonight. I don't want the same old, same old. There's nothing here that you haven't seen a hundred times before, with the exception of the additional Atari stuff that they they mixed in, which I do, I'll do and like that. But there wasn't enough here, so would I recommend this to a Space Invaders fan? Eh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it to pretty much anyone else. What did you think? I, I was shocked, shocked. To find out that this was an original game. Yeah. This isn't ported anywhere and else. It ne yeah, never. This is the only place you could play Space Raiders XL. And, and the same goes for Tempest 3000. Yeah. Uh, and, and a couple other games are, are exclusive to the new one. The new one got as many exclusive games 
as they did games. It was crazy. Um, it, 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 does this play a good game of, of Space Invaders? Are you sure? I mean, yes. What, what does that mean to me? Nothing. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Is the battle mode something that's going to pull me in and make me go play? No. It's, I don't know. It's, we both played that. No, it's that not involved enough. It's not involved enough. But, I mean, there, you could get some fun Aaron, from it that. was a ticket machine level of multiplayer. Well, I, I, okay? I'm just saying it's something that's sort of fresh at, at this era. That was not. I didn't see anything before like that. Uh, so, uh, would I recommend this? Hey, if you want to play, if you are all Space Invader out, right? You've yeah. played every variant. Knock yourself out. Yeah. This is Space Invaders. Literally, everyone else, stay away. Yeah. yeah. I mean, on the new one, this, of course, this is really the only commercial game you can play uh, through, for the most part. All right. That much said, if you've got a new one, I would get this, I think. Because, well, if, because, you've, if you've got a new one, buy it all. By the way, <laughs> keep in mind that, think about this. You bought a new one. You picked up two joysticks. And battle mode is, is what you get to do. You know, because I looked over these games. It didn't look like there was a lot of two-player games. I didn't see football, baseball, basketball games. I didn't see Street Fighters on here. You've got a bunch of games that look like they're basically one-player games. Yeah. And so this is one of the few things you could actually, uh, you know, you could actually play two people on. I thought it was okay. Don't get me wrong, the that part, but I was disappointed as a package. Now, Aaron, here's the question. Yeah. I don't know how much the nuance sold for, and I'm sure it was varying. I think I, it was I, over three hundred dollars. I think the only price tag I, I saw for any of them was for a super DVD player that also had it, which was like six hundred bucks. Yeah. Did you see how much the games for these sold for? I did actually. I made a note of a few of the games. I will tell you right away. Uh, I did look up what my game and what the console itself. Now, keep in mind, when I say console, it's not a console. So what you're getting is the DVD player that has the, the new ability one technology. To play a game, okay? yeah. So you can get a new one DVD player. I saw them going for $100 all the way up to $350. Of course, these are all used, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and the, but the controller alone, one controller of various types, the cheapest I saw a controller sell for was 182 bucks. Woo! And I saw them going for up to and including, and these are sale prices, okay? These aren't like someone out there fishing. 420 bucks for a controller. Uh, Space Invaders, which is I would not say is the most common, but it's not the least common, not by a long shot. Right. If you wanted to buy Space Invaders, they were out there. There were none currently for sale, but some had recently sold. These are sale prices. Two hundred and seventy-seven dollars and three hundred and forty-five dollars. So, but you know, people are collecting these; they're not getting this because they love uh, Space Invaders right. XL. Yeah, you, when this released uh, back in two thousand one, uh, game sold for thirty bucks. Yeah, but which and that really you're pushing it with some of these. So, yeah, you know. So, well, uh, I'm sorry. That's what Space Invaders sold for. I yeah. I couldn't find prices or anything else. So, uh, I, I, your game, of course, was free. It's interesting to me that towards the middle of the run of this thing, because this thing only ran until it was discontinued in, between 2003 and 2004. So you only had you only had about a three, really about a, a three year, three three and a half year run of these new ones. And it's amazing. I looked at all the different. I mean, you had Motorola, RCA, Samsung, Toshiba all making big, these big names. And you know, so like I said, I I don't hate the idea of a chip built into this thing. To, I mean, if it's cheap, they can pull it off. 
But you know they you can't you can't say you can't have a game console built into a DVD player. You can do the inverse, which is sort of what the PlayStation Two did. It's like listen, we got all the games. Oh, by the way, we're the cheapest DVD player around. That you got something. Yeah. But you can't say listen, this is the best DVD player around. And oh, by the way, we play games. Yeah. No one's no one's hearing that. You know, and especially so, when there are no. I mean. Three years, eight games released, that's horrible. Yeah, well, I mean, horrible. they just, listen, they knew that the right was on the wall on this thing early. So the poor Atari guys, who probably put out something that was fairly competent, ultimately found themselves uh, engineering a, a bigger dud than the JAG or the JAG CD. I mean, that's... that's it is bitter, what it is. a bitter pill uh, to swallow, Brett. You know, Aaron, if you had a new one, right? Yeah. Do you think that the folks over at Retro Rewind would be willing to try to repair one of those? I would wager Frank would give it a shot. Uh, a guy, and Frank probably worked on a new on the new one because he's been in the business for about a million years. So if you're saying if you had a decaying new one, maybe it doesn't have the orbit it used to have. Would, would you would you send him over to RetroRewind.ca to see if he could fix it? Trust me, he would invade the space of the innards of that thing, and he would be the he'd be the only hit on the machine. If you know what I mean, <laughs> you know, I was just telling Brandon while I was on vacation, I came that close to picking up a Virtual Boy, and it had a cracked lens, some other crap in it, and the only reason I even thought about picking this up was I ain't gonna fix it. Bam, RetroRewind.ca. That's why, because I know. Frank can fix anything that's fixable. We saw Frank at BoatFest fixing stuff in real time, including working on stuff for us. So we're not gonna—we're not just the guys that are out here uh, pitching for some advertisers, putting us a few bucks. We, we, we you know, we're like size Sperling. We, uh, we, we use the product. You know, that's it. We had to use it because we knew Frank's the best guy around. Do you have? A classic Commodore machine. I'm talking your C64, C16s. Ooh. Even you got your Amigas, your uh, 128s. Uh, maybe classic uh, Commodore disk drives. Things that aren't working or need recap. You don't want to get in there and do that yourself. Heck no. That's a piece of classic. Uh, that's an artifact of a bygone era. And you're a fumbling idiot. You don't want to get in there and fool with it. It's you true. bring in a professional, brother. And listen, I did sorry for IBM. I'm not the biggest slouch. I ain't fixing my own stuff. I'm sending it to Frank. Why? Two reasons. Frank is the best when it comes to repair. And Frank is cheap. He does it on the cheap, brother. He is. It's he ridiculous. He cuts you a deal. And on top of everything else, shipping, not too bad. Why? Because he's in North America. He's up in Canada. So it makes it easy for you. You get hold of him, you ship it up there, he takes care of it, he ships it back. It's a done deal, brother. On top of that, Frank sells peripherals. He's got doodads out the yin-yang. You need something to get uh, proper video signals out of your C64, he's got it. Do you want to get uh, HDMI out of your Amiga 1000? He can take care of that for you. Do you want some acceleration for your Amiga 600? Bam, it's a done deal. Do you need a Kung Fu Flash? Bam, he's got that for your C64. Do you need an SD card solution for your TRS-80 card computer? He's even got that. you got to get that, by the way. Frank is a one-stop shop for your retro computing needs. Our good buddy, we highly recommend you head over to RetroRewind.ca and have a look at what Frank has on offer. In fact, Aaron, I was so inspired by Retro Rewind. Yeah. I added 
a retro rewind wheel piece. Holy smokes. And you know what that wheel piece represents, Aaron? I don't. If that hits, we remove everything from the wheel <laughs> for just a spin, and we fill it with just retro pieces. Oh, aren't they and all then we, retro pieces? No, no, no. I mean, pa, pa, uh, blast from the past are retro rewinds. So we have got... We, I think we have cleared most of the danger off the wheel. Uh, so hopefully we are going to hit some good stuff, some happy stuff. I am apprehensive. Your previous couple spins have been dog, dog ugly. So get, give us something good. What's our Retro Rewind piece? Is, the, is it the Odyssey? The official Retro Rewind piece is the Odyssey 2. All right, all right, go for it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clear the area. Yeah, you'll break, you'll let break me tell you something. Stuff. I'm going to spin this like it has never been spun before. Give it a whirl. Man, a nice one. You're going to break that thing one of these days. We're going to use the remedial backup wheel. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, no, the chat. We have oh. chat subject choice. Oh. Now, listen, chat. We love you. Please don't <laughs> screw us. Tell them what this is, friend. All right. We are going to give chat... Just a few moments to throw out some suggestions of a subject that they would like to see next week on the uh, uh, show, on ARG so Presents. So you're telling me the chat can just shout out subject at this right now in the chat room. All they've got to do is shout them out, and we're going to pick the one that's most popular? We're, well, we're going to pick one at random, and uh, yeah, that way everyone has a chance. All so, right. Aaron, well, we're giving chat just a moment here to All throw right. out some suggestions. All right. Uh, you know, we took a look at the new one. Are you considering purchasing one of these devices? I am. I actually, I don't know if you were joking or not, but I did look up what one would cost. I found one with a joystick and some games that was in the couple hundred buck range that it was still being bid on. And I'm sure it will go into orbit, but if it was to stay there, there's a chance. The problem is, it's one of the, it's like a Pippin. Like, they're out there. But, I mean, there's so little to do with them. Yeah. And this thing would set, like, on a shelf and never... And the thing is, you couldn't be like, look at that, because no one would even look <laughs> at it. Why are you showing me a DVD player? It's like, <laughs> oh, I've got a box new all. That looks like a Toshiba NR816 DVD player. Well, it plays games. How many games? Eight? I, no, I, oh, really? Well, do you have the whole library? Oh, no. In fact, I can only play three of the eight games because of the region and controller issues. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, no, I, you know, I probably won't buy it. It's even more useless than the Virtual Boy with the cracked lens or whatever. You know, but it, I did look into it. You know, because every time we do this show, it's not good for me. You know, I've, I've got a so crate sitting in there because of this show. It's not, <laughs> no one, and I paid, I paid too much for so crate. We got some good suggestions here. I'm looking at these. <clears throat> You guys are doing a great job. These aren't dumb suggestions. Oh, that's a good one too. Curtis has got a good one. Now, how are you gonna? You're just gonna pick a random. I number am going these? to random number generator. We are saying that the cutoff is in 30 seconds. 30 seconds. You got 30 seconds. Which to means we need in. to give them a minute because of the the delay. Yeah, that's fine. <clears throat> these are, now listen, I I appreciate these uh, these choices here. Because sometimes the chat comes up with stuff I don't like. <laughs> no one's went off the rails, as they I say. I like the vote fest when you weren't getting what you wanted, so you berated the crowd. That got us over. You idiot. <laughs> oh, wait, I don't remember doing that. You did. You're like, subject toys. Subject toys. Don't shout out since you're screaming at them. <laughs> well, I get emotional sometimes. Whoa, explore. Getting real obscure there. How much more time? Let's go ahead. And All go. right. 
Let's cut it off. Let, let's count it up here. I don't need your all assistance. Right, right. I know it's hard for you to count. Put on a dress and stand over there. All right. Riveting radio there. And we are going to do the How many do you have here? How and we're going to get... Ten? Nope. Okay, well, I didn't know. Why do you just don't talk? Would you just... You're, you're not doing anything. Go! Just, you entertain the crowd, Aaron. Dance. Dance, Rummy. Okay, that's all I got. Would you just do it? Yeah, well, there, there's a slight problem with random number generating. You're an, it, it, it is an art, Aaron. Yeah. I am an Any artist. can figure this out in less time than taking you. So Isn't we it? are going, uh, all right. It's We are going with the first selection, the first thing so that did came you out. Actually, did, did you actually, yeah. did you actually do something? All right, he did. Okay, I believe him. And so then, it's going to be... Games with submarines. You're an idiot. Wow. Uh, you know what? That's pretty good. That's Buck Owens. Buck Owens, thank you for your suggestion. By the way, we're going to cheat and steal all the other suggestions for pieces to make later. <laughs> but don't think to yourself, oh, I didn't get picked. That's how we do it. This is all cutting ploy for ideas. And you fell for it, suckers. <laughs> what, what a bunch of idiots. Yeah, we got them this time. Yeah, bam. <laughs> so that's next week. Games with submarines in them. That should be interesting, Brent. Yeah. Listen, this is one of those rare end of the shows. We've got nothing to plug. There's nothing coming up. Amiga-thon's over. Bowfest is over. Our thing's not till November, so we're not plugging that. So I'm going to plug some stuff that just doesn't get plugged that much. Please uh, check out the Amigos Stream Team YouTube channel. If you haven't added that, one, subscribe to it. That's why we put streams up from all of our streaming buddies. Stuff that would be lost at the time. We didn't grab Some it. good stuff on there. We got Happy Coding with his home cooking. Uh, as ZX Spectrum programming show, we've got our good buddy, 48K Ram, who's always into all kinds of crazy stuff. We just did uh, Mac, uh, Macintosh demos as a show. He does teardowns, repairs. We also got our good buddy, The Flack, with his live Sprite Castle shows. Uh, we want to give a shout-out to Flack's Pop, who's having a, some rough health time. Good luck, uh, Mr. Flack. We hope you take it uh, take it to the house and get better. Uh, also, uh, we also put wrestling up there occasionally whenever we do that. So, the Amigo Stream Team channel, I want to plug that. Uh, do you got anything you want to plug? You uh, got nothing. You never got nothing to plug. What? You don't do nothing. As soon as this show's over, you go back, put your under one, sit around, watch TV. It's all that's going on there. I don't have out. television. There you go. <laughs> Give me a break. I don't. I don't have any cable. I don't I don't have any TVs have in the house. You don't have any TVs? Mm -mm. What do you watch? I, use one, I have one TV that I use as a monitor. That's it. Man, you're really painting a picture. Uh, yes, I, I'm Mitsuyama ICC. I am beginning scheduling for International Computer Club to take place in September. September uh, 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 should be probably middle of the September. And I will say in October, this is a way far out, the return Woo, of conversation from the dark side. I won't kill it. It's sticking around. I don't care if everybody watches or not. <laughs> the scariest thing is it's coming back. <laughs> yeah, we're going to bring it back for October because that's what we do. So it'll be two or three shows of scary stuff. That'll be a lot of fun. Speaking of scary stuff, let's get out of here before it gets more scary. Thanks, everybody, for participating uh, today. I hope you enjoyed and uh, learned a little something. And uh, if you come across a new one at your local uh, Goodwill or whatever, grab that sucker. Sell it. Make a few bucks. Just look for the logo. That's all I need to look for. Till next time, it's your good boy, Amigo Aaron, whatever the heck this is. Adios.
Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. A special thank you to Duck and Styles for our vector style graphics and Bartbit for our amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Dryerlet 17, Laron Garut, Templar Mar, Z9K9, Jerry Dennington, John Dykeman, Retroalogy, Airshack, Texas Foosballer, Sundown, O-Rong, Super Tech Boy, David Terrence, Mr. B, Roushy, Ram, W. Vetke, Dave, Velociraptor, Bernhardt Lucas, Steve Rathmussen, Anthony Jarvis, Bitterblitter, Pajaco6502, Kevin Bean, Andy Jones, Andy Craig, Rob Black O'Hara, Jason Warns, Mitsuyama, Chris Foles, Frodo Edel, The Slow Norris, Terry Howard, Olaf Hope, and Rolo. They all have access to our Discord channel, their name called out in the credits, and visualized in the ending scene. Have an idea for a wheel piece? You can send it to us at argpresents at mail.com. 